Hello and welcome back to Cantina Side Hustle, brought to you by The Cinema Mechanics. I am Brent Mosier and today I'm once again accompanied by Travis Santana and Andrew Pabone as we continue our review of the Star Wars original series Obi-Wan Kenobi with Part 5. Gentlemen, what did you think of this week's episode? Travis, I who, who went first last time? Me. Andrew never wants to go and Andrew, first. Andrew, well, that's because Andrew has gone first. So, um, I hated this episode. <laughs> it's funny you say so. This might be one of my least. Well, last week was probably my worst episode. What? This might be one. Of, I I hated this episode. I Travis, you said this is the your favorite so far. I have not enjoyed this show, and even I'll enjoy is a loose term. Um, the I enjoyed this show the most the first two episodes, and it has been a a pretty steep downhill since then. Andrew, it uh, <clears throat> I looked up a lot of uh, a lot about what a showrunner does and who the showrunner was for this show. <laughs> Deborah Chow is the showrunner. I looked that up. Oh, that's not who I saw as a showrunner. Oh, I, that's who did who did you see as a showrunner? He's the head writer. Uh, what's his? He's an English oh. guy, Jody some or Joby something. Uh, I'll, I'll look him up here. And I thought I put on my notes, but I didn't. Uh, I'm a terrible note taker, uh, and I think school sucks. I'd rather be smoking weed. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'll fill. I didn't like Andrew. it. I did. Uh, yeah, I did not like it. Sorry. You can go ahead, Travis. Uh, Joe jo B. Harold is the guy's name. Okay. I I've never heard of him. And hopefully, we never will again. Go ahead and Google him. <clears throat> I mean, has <laughs> he done pretty. other stuff, Andrew? He was the. Uh, I believe he wrote the screenplay for Army of the Dead. Is that the, the new one Zack that came out on Netflix? Snyder. Is it the Zack Snyder one? Yes. Oh. A Netflix movie. Oh. Didn't, even, didn't yeah. even watch it. It's not good. Uh, it's he not was good. an EP on John Wick 3, so I don't know how involved he was in that. And uh, he was part of something else. But not, not great. He's English, also. <laughs> well, so is Ewan. Well, Ewan McGregor's Irish, isn't he? I mean, yeah, he will Scottish. be involved in the... He's Scottish. Wait, is there a difference? <laughs> um, Edge of Tomorrow, and he will be part of the new Transformers movie, uh, Rise of the... And I can't read Wait, the thumbnail. what did he do with Edge of Tomorrow? Because Edge of Tomorrow is fantastic. Producer. Oh. So probably not oh, much, but as a yeah, writer... He had money. Okay, so his writer credits are uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, Army Ooh. of the Dead, Obi-Wan, and then the new Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. That's it. Hmm. Well, and it he, shows. he was, I believe, the lead writer of this sh of the Obi-Wan show. Yeah, I, I, Travis, you, me and Andrew both said we were not a fan of this episode. What, what was your your hot take? I was don't get me wrong. I was not a fan of the episode. I thought it was my favorite of the five that we've seen so far. And I'm sure at least 50 percent of that is we finally got to see Hayden Christensen and they finally gave us a fucking flashback to what we all assumed would be a bigger part of the show, I think. Uh, My favorite part of the flashback is that they used old man Hayden Christensen as the flashback. Yes, that as Hayden his youngest version. He looks older than Ewan McGregor. I love it. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. Was, he had the they, braid, though. He had the braid. He's young. But that's the point. Like, you could have made this flashback at any time. You could have done it when he has the long hair, and at least he's supposed to be older. But it's like, no, it's going to be young Padawan. <laughs> uh, what is it? Anakin Skywalker. I'm like, he looks so old well it's that uh <laughs> that steve buscemi hey what's up my fellow high school <laughs> fellow high schoolers <clears throat> yeah and i and think i'm pretty that, sure he oh, sorry i think that's a little bit of an indictment on the show like you couldn't you did you blow all the money trying to make fake mark hamill in the other shows that now you're just like eh just make sure you shave right before you come in, Hayden. That'll be fine. <laughs> I, I think Does he have to shave because he grow a beard? I've never seen him with facial hair. I mean, I have, he, but you, you get the larger point, Brett. He probably would have looked younger, <laughs> but I, I think what happened is people, they're like, oh, everybody complains if we use a CG person like CG Luke. So damned if we do, and then damned if we don't, if we try and use makeup. But the reality is, what they, what they could try, just use a different younger actor. We'll just play along with it. <laughs> Or, or here you go, Andrew. The flashback meant fucking nothing 
to the grand scheme of the episode. Just don't write a flashback episode. As we said before, do the thing where they have force talks with one another, and then he can be old man Anakin, and he, it still makes sense why he wouldn't look like burnt up Vader because they're on a force plane, where so he doesn't have to have his physical body. I'm like, then, hey, well, you can do what the fuck you want there, as opposed to <laughs> let's have a flashback from 25 years ago, but we're not going to do anything to make the actor look like he did 25 years ago. <laughs> Here's the thing. You say that it had nothing to do with the episode, but that might not have been the case. Halfway through the episode, I was like, oh. I thought they were going to go with the Batman Begins. You know, you've uh, traded a killing blow for, you know, uneven ground or whatever, mm -hmm. where he falls through the ice. And I was like, maybe they're going to draw parallels between Vader being too aggressive and how it's going to parallel this fight, this invasion of this base. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> By the end of it, I'm like, no, thematically, they're making no effort here to tie these two things together. Uh, well, even to the invasion of the base, I didn't understand. Like, we if we can just trap them on the outside, we'll be able to escape through the giant hatch in the roof that everyone can see. And there's a Star Destroyer hovering above us. I'm like, why wouldn't the Star Destroyer just shoot you down? <laughs> I don't understand. I think, I think it's weird, though, because I would argue that that flashback has given us the best lightsaber battle of the Star Wars universe that takes place from when the Obi-Wan series begins and has ended so far. <laughs> Uh, with yes, with Damn those parameters, hundred percent, yes. <laughs> nailed it. So there's that. Uh, my other question about the base attack is: you have, you know, Obi Wan literally drops the line of dialogue. They are highly trained. We are not. If we fight them, we'll lose. Highly trained to me is not. Hey, we've got all these people that are literally fish in a barrel at this point. Instead of just shooting them from the outside, the stormtroopers decide to make it Braveheart and run in and try to do anything <laughs> in combat as well. Why? Yeah, don't. I don't understand. Or, or, or again, if the whole thing is just to kill everybody inside, including Obi Wan Kenobi. You have a Star Destroyer in orbit. Just barrage. It's not a giant base. It's a small <laughs> area. There's so much of it that doesn't make sense why that was the strategy. Was that they were going to send shock troopers down to sit there and try and break into this base. Like, I just don't understand. Or the fact that like Vader, he will be too impatient. Like, then wouldn't he also be on the ground trying to break through? I thought that was uh, really that weird. Why is Vader not first person on the ground? It seems like this is what he wants the most. And then also... If they escape on a ship, apparently just let them leave on the ship because he'll just bring yeah. it down. Just go for it. Uh, unless that, the ship is being carried ship. away. <laughs> so dumb. Unless that ship is being carried away by a robot, then then Vader's got some problems. Don't. I mean, thank God we got to see Hammerbot again. But I do love the sacrifice of Hammerbot. Were we supposed to feel something for that? Are, like, are was you that supposed, supposed to feel to sorry for anybody in the show? <laughs> Or Tala, who they, they introduced a, ni a nice, strong female character and then immediately had her sacrifice herself for no fucking reason whatsoever. As soon as Tala gave that dramatic speech and then showed her gun about this is how many people I saved, I was like, well, it's time for you to go die now, Tala. And yeah, literally five, <laughs> within five minutes, she's dead. I, yep. I, I think it's a huge problem with this show. Have You guys, you guys have seen Up, right? Yeah, the Pixar movie. Yeah, like, you know the, how the first five mm -hmm. minutes is like one of the saddest moments of your life that you've ever experienced? Mm -hmm. and, and think about how they told that story. I don't even think they use any words, right? No, They're just showing just what music. happens. Yeah. This is the opposite where I feel like I'm just getting <laughs> like like an obituary in somebody's life real, real quick. Yeah. And then when they die, I'm supposed to feel sad for them. We're playing sad music. Don't you feel sad? This robot yeah. has died sacrificing itself. Aren't you sad? Yeah. The last episode when that pilot dies and they show how sad the other pilot is. I'm like, I, I don't care. <laughs> who are these people? I don't know who these people are. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's that continuously. And the only way they know how to tell a story is by actually telling it and not showing us anything that we would care about. So we we talk about the the barrage or the siege of the small con i don't even know it's not even a base i don't even know what we want to call it my favorite part was my first thought was travis you made a good point last week we saw in episode one star wars episode one the move phantom menace that a lightsaber can can melt a blast door right so when we get there i'm like why is rava not just melting the door they're going to use this giant cannon that can't shoot through the door the next sequence with the door is Obi-Wan Kenobi and Reva talking through it. So the door is thick enough. The door is thick enough that a giant laser cannon can't blast through it. 
but we can't communicate through it. And then immediately after that, Rava uses her lightsaber and cuts the door open. I'm like, why didn't we start with that? Like a knife through hot butter. Like it just went right through. Even in the Phantom Menace, it looked like there was some level of effort to do that. She's just like, nah, like a high school football team running through that paper mache. She... What I loved about how that sequence plays out, too, is um, I thought they would use the force to talk because of how thick the door was, but they didn't. But then the first thing she says is, hey, if you're trying to just kill time so I can't get to you, think again. And then as if she completely forgot she had just said that, Obi-Wan manages to kill a good seven minutes (laughs) just talking to her. Well, and what's up with the... What are the stormtroopers thinking when they're like, let's... We just got him out of the base... Now we're going to take it back in the base. Apparently they're not thinking, because remember when she's having that conversation with Obi-Wan in front of all the stormtroopers? They were whispering, Andrew. In (laughs) fairness, they were whispering. So we find out the motivation for Reva this entire series was so that she could get close enough to Vader so that she could kill him. Hold on. Ding, ding, ding for you, Brett. How many times have you said you were waiting for the backstab to happen or the uh, the double cross? (laughs) Uh, we could have uh, just think, used last week's episode for this episode based on the predictions. <laughs> um, I, there's so much about what she does that, that cracks me up. So we get the backstory that she was a youngling. I think we all saw that coming. Yeah, the prediction. I think we all called that within the first two episodes. <laughs> so we find out that she's a youngling. Her, att- <laughs> her attack on Vader is ridiculous because rather than just walk up behind him and then open the lightsaber, she's <laughs> she lights her lightsaber and then charges him, thinking so- she literally just watched him pull a spaceship down and rip it to shreds. But <laughs> she's just gonna she's gonna sneak up on him. She's gonna grab him. Well, also you gotta scream really loud as you're doing it. Um, <laughs> well, didn't she say? <laughs> didn't she say like like what am I gonna do? Like just if I try and do this, he he will know that I'm coming. Mm-hmm. And Obi says, oh, no, he'll be too focused on me. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan fucking leaves, leaves her. <laughs> He's just like, bitch, peace, you dumbass. Now, that's on Reva. She knew. She, again, where was Obi-Wan the first time? What's he do again? Yeah, That's on you Reva. You think I'm going to fight him? Yeah. You think I'm going to stay and fight him? You think if Are I'm you not out gonna, of your goddamn mind? I'm not going to go He's and a save robot. a bunch of kids. You think I'm going to save you now that you're an adult? <laughs> yeah. I also like that. Where were you, Obi Wan? Oh, he was on Utapah fighting General Grievous and yeah. ending the war. That's where Obi Wan Kenobi was. Getting something. killed myself. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't just hanging out watching pay per view at the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Jedi Council specifically made Anakin stay here. That's what happened, you dumb bitch. Okay. It's like, I don't know. The Empire's probably not teaching you a lot of history at that time, but I can tell you right now, I wasn't just yeah, twiddling my thumbs. Obi Wan's just ga- hey, game six was in Boston. What do you want from me? <laughs> Um, Brett, you mentioned earlier you, you wanted to see if I had a hot take for the episode. Here's my hot take for Star Wars in general. You know who the biggest punk in the history of the Jedi and maybe Star Wars in general is? Who's that? Qui-Gon Jinn. Do you know why I say that? Because <laughs> he abandoned Obi-Wan Kenobi? No, because everybody else who gets stabbed with a lightsaber seems to be fine enough. But he, oh, he's the yeah. one that died. Darth Maul gets... Well, he doesn't... He gets split in half and thrown down a shaft and he comes back, just needs some robotic legs. I was like, oh, man, they killed Reva and it wasn't even in the finale. That's pretty cool. Oh, wait, we're geez, Jimmy no. Smith. What is Bail Organa doing? Hey, I told you no communication, but in this communication, <laughs> I'm going to say where Luke is and I'm going to say yeah. that I'm heading. No, no code whatsoever. Just blatantly. He must know about the children at this point. I'm going to go ahead. Not like, okay, so along with that, it's going to be that he's, Owen has the boy. Like, she's not going to remember fucking Owen's name from the first episode. She was in- inquisiting people and almost killed him. Like, his name means nothing to her, and that's the link that they're going to make. But, Travis, to your point, that's because all of the Sith have rage. I think they've established it in this series as well, that their rage allows them to overcome any kind of mortal injury uh, produced by a lightsaber. So really what happens is Jedi just aren't angry enough to survive. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we get the fucking Grand Inquisitor returning this episode. I, you know, Which re- that re- was. Yeah. What? Why? Why do it that way? Oh, you see, I was stronger. And I knew what you were doing. Oh, and then why that, not, that explained I, it for me. 
here's, here's my favorite. Darth Vader. Darth Vader, of all people, should know you can't cut someone up with a lightsaber and leave them to die. Of all people, in the Inquisitor 2, the two people that <laughs> cut her down and left her to die are the two people who have survived that exact same situation. Can we discuss Hollywood first? Please. I mean, Travis, this is especially oh, for you. Oh, yes, okay. Yes, you know, you know, you know, you know. Yeah. And I know you know because uh, you introduced me to one of my favorite movies of all time, The Professional. And I, I like, I, seriously, I was like, this is The Professional done right when Tala sacrifices herself with the thermal detonator. <laughs> you never see that in movies. Like, they made this a little attempt at the end of The Professional, but it's just, you can tell it's not yeah, done very well. You have yeah, no so attachment see. to the character like you do Tala. Yeah, in 94, they couldn't quite pull it off. So they're like, <laughs> in general, we're not going to do it again until this series resurrected it. Yes. It's it, it's <laughs> it's nice to watch something so groundbreaking. Not not the only Hollywood first. Also, when uh, they think they kill Reva, but they don't know. They don't know. But they kind of left the door open to maybe she's not dead. <laughs> Wait a second. What about the classic uh, groundbreaking again? They have a space that's too small for anyone else to be able to go in and fix except except for the side character who we've been protecting the entire time a space that's giving too her an long. opportunity to show how how valuable she actually is oh a, a Andrew, space too small excited? for an electrical engineer to fit into <laughs> were you excited that kamal no johnny came back for two seconds finally yeah this is this is what i was waiting for they they, they they finally turned it around and used him to his fullest acting ability yeah, I thought of you, Andrew. When he came back, I was excited, and then I'm like, oh, no, he they're going to do exactly what Andrew complains about. You're going to have a charismatic actor just give a few voice directions to a kid over the radio. Well, he steals every scene that he's in, and then all you want is for him to come and steal more scenes. I also love the fact that Reva has killed everyone that she's come encounter with, except for him, who... He just had a scrap with her, and she was like, "Ah, nah, you're kind of, you're kind of charismatic. I'm gonna let you live, even though you impersonated a Jedi and slowed me down." I, I was thinking, you know, how he has that whole setup to be a pretend Jedi, like all those electrical magnets going on, all those power tricks and everything. I was thinking maybe they'll use him to fix this system up there, and then I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I forgot. There's a there's a ten year old here that can actually just fit in there mm -hmm. and figure out all the wiring to the entire system." She couldn't fix her little robot. Obi Wan did mm -hmm. that, but she will be able to open up this four hour project. Well, she was able to fix it this time because mm -hmm. all you had to do was remove that little button, and then all of a sudden, not only was it no longer a tracker, but it also wasn't hacked to uh, <laughs> you know do the emperor's bidding. Yeah. So technology's grand. So gotta love a good MacGuffin. Um. According to, I, do we want to talk a little bit about Leia? Sure. According to jokes, so I read an interview with Joby Harold, the showrunner and uh, I guess head writer of this. Apparently it was supposed to be a surprise that Leia was in this. I didn't watch the trailer for Obi-Wan, so I guess they tried to make it seem like it was going to be about Luke. Mm -hmm. This was not a great surprise. Also, no <laughs> reason for it. Why, 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 why make this a surprise? Because I think they were trying to repeat the Grogu effect. Oh. Yep. It just so. seemed weird. Did you notice that Obi-Wan Kenobi damn near had the join me and together we can rule the galaxy speech with Reva, where he's trying to convince her to attack Darth Vader? He's like, basically, he's like, join me and together. And I was like, oh, I'm just waiting for the join me and together we can defeat Darth Vader and, you know, uh, own the galaxy or something like that. Like, they, I feel like they took points to make that speech feel very similar to the join me and together we will rule the galaxy i think it's cute that no? you think they put that much thought into it <laughs> no that's the exact kind of thought that they would put into this where they would put little shit like that but not an actual cohesive story well i'm thinking homework sucks and joby like he had one more night to do the script so he was just copying and pasting stuff from empire <laughs> so i what did you think of the actual direction of this episode versus the previous four like, just actual cinematography, I guess, is what I'm asking for. I think that's more of an Andrew question, so I'm going to let him field that. Uh, it's terrible. I actually <laughs> went and rewatched the lightsaber fight from Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. It was like my Travis moment of, like, is this as good as I remember it being? And it was the opposite, because that's my favorite lightsaber battle, is Luke and Vader. And a lot of it is just because I love the way that it's lit and it's shy. Like, every scene in there can be a still photo, and you could put it on a poster on my wall. Um, I do have two Empire Strike Backs posters in here. 
-hmm. but uh everything is so shaky here why is everything so shaky it's not even there's no almost no depth of field the thing is shot like a cartoon but the difference is with a cartoon the characters have their own style and visual like representation that winds up allowing you to have some of these more just static and boring scenes like the whole time the the stormtroopers are assembling outside i thought all of that looked so cheesy and bad well no depth i i can excuse no depth of field if you can if you can just uh, lay your shot out right. But mm-hmm. what happens here is everything is boring. The lights, I mean, we're coming, episode one happened, whatever, 20, almost 30 years ago. That lightsaber fight is one of the best lightsaber fights of all time. Why can we not get some sort of choreographer in here to do a good lightsaber fight? Why, why is somebody always kind of overpowering somebody? Why is the Anakin Obi-Wan fight also super lame? It's way too cutty. It's not in an interesting atmosphere. It's just a couple of columns and is it Naboo or something? Coruscant. Hey, Coruscant I mean, I think the real reason is there. they film all of these shows on the exact same style of soundstage, which is just a the large bubble. circular. Yeah, it's a bubble. So yeah. every, every everything that I see because they can't shoot anything in a dynamic way. I you That's a really good point. I, I couldn't precisely put my finger on it, but like... Bear with me because it's going to be a tangent, but I watched Full Metal Jacket last night and just the most mundane scene, soldiers waking up at night to a disturbance, is beautifully shot. Like you said, Andrew, you could pause it and that would be a poster I would put on my wall. This show just feels like guerrilla filmmaking in the worst way. And I'm like, this is fucking Disney and this is fucking Star Wars. Why do we need guerrilla filmmaking? Yeah, it doesn't add anything to the scene. It doesn't it doesn't make sense in the context of the scene if it's a lightsaber battle it, if you're shooting like it's something like a military movie or something with police where you're running around, you know, like, a, I don't know, narc or something like that, shaky cam makes sense. This it does. It's just really distracting. It's difficult to figure out what's going on. Having more cuts makes it more difficult to keep track of what's happening in the fight, too. And I love and- what you said about the atmosphere. I look back at Empire. There's so much stuff you can do in there. You know, when he drops into the carbon freezing chamber, when they're going off the... Uh, the ledge or whatever you know when he gets pushed out the window every scene every hallway is very interesting but if you're just shooting on a round 3d stage i guess you don't you don't have a lot to play with well and i think that's why the first two episodes were more engaging to me because it felt like they were actually shot in an environment as opposed to just a sound stage so you had tatooine we joked about why the fuck are we back on tatooine but it was actually engaging like there was stuff going on in tatooine it felt like there was a city that was being lived in there and even, you know, the, the cyberpunk city that we got to see, like, there was stuff going on and we were seeing shots through the city and all that. And, they, and then since those two episodes, it has just been soundstage. <laughs> you know it's what? Just, it, it's awful. When they introduce Coruscant in the flashback, it's the classic, like, early 90s sitcom where, like, here's an exterior shot of the family's house that we shot three years ago. And now we're in, we're inside the house. That's what all of this, when they do an establishing shot, I'm like, this is just so they can kind of set up and try to fake scope and then put us back Mm -hmm. on the soundstage. The budgets on the show cannot be that low that they can't afford to do something a little bit better. But I I think part of it's probably directing too. It's just bad direction of, they think they can make it work or it's the director wanting more, but they just, they can't get it for whatever reason. Yeah. It just, it feels so amateurish to me. And apparently she's directed, I think a couple episodes of fear, the walking dead. I think she did two episodes of the Mandalorian, which I'm not sure which two it is. I kind of want to go back and see what they are and see if I have the same complaints there. Or if Favre was able to get better budget or she had, you know, more tools to her disposal. But I just, since the first two episodes, it has just been shitty set piece to shitty set piece. Sorry, I'm looking up Deborah Chow to see which episode she directed on Mandalorian. I'm with you, Brad. You probably remember the first episode and maybe even the second one I was enjoying. I was at least like, hey, it's directed fairly well, so mm-hmm. I'm not super bored. But now now the story and plot and acting uh, and direction and the film, the filmography, the cinematography are all bothering me. Uh, she directed Chapter 3, The Sin, and Chapter 7, The Reckoning, in The Mandalorian, both from Season 1. I'm trying to remember which episodes will be, but I don't remember those being bad. Like, 
I, I'd have to go back and is the sin that's not the one where it's basically dances with wolves, is it? Where he has to help the natives against the <laughs> I thought that might have been episode two. It's gonna wind up being that one because that was one of my the least child favorite. Episodes. From a laboratory. In, ambushed in by three? other bounty hunters, yeah. Uh Grief Karga. Brett, I mean you're the Star Wars expert, so I'm relying on you to realize if that's I've it. only seen the Mandalorian once. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what those oh, ones are. Oh, it's the one that ends with him giving the child the little silver ball back to play with. Okay. I remember that part. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, that's the only thing that stood out to me. Yeah. <laughs> she did a great job with that shot because I remember <laughs> the silver ball. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just this whole thing it just feels so amateurish and just kind of like haphazardly put together at this point so i wonder i i believe obi-wan so it was written as a movie first and i think the person who wrote the original screenplay for the movie said it was a lot darker mm -hmm. i guess he had based it on some biblical stuff and he said they felt like that was too much whoever the new head of lucas is wanted to Kathleen light wanted to line it up yeah so I, that i would assume maybe joby took over that script and rewrote it as such Yeah, maybe. I, I, so apparently I the story know. was supposed to be a bit darker. Which is funny. The reason that it was never a movie is because Solo bombed so <laughs> bad. But it's interesting because they had, you know, Disney and Kathleen Kennedy had the directors removed from Han Solo. So, yeah. And probably because they were trying, Lord and Miller were trying to take too many chances. And it's clear that that's not in Disney's playbook with this at all. They would rather make just... I did my homework on the bus on the way to school, but here are some callbacks. <laughs> level of, of filmmaking. Well, speaking of callbacks, did you see that uh, it was Ice Cube's son? Was, he was holding a crossbow like Chewbacca? Huh? Never seen somebody hold one of those. Let's I'm glad they, they brought back. in the crossbow instead of bringing in a Wookiee, because I don't think that <laughs> they've had much of an influence in the Star Wars universe. No, you don't want to shoehorn a Wookiee in here, you know? You'd have to let him win too easily. and well, You've got all those you know, Imperial guards out there. Have a little taste. You don't want to go overboard with the nostalgia. Mm -mm. No, not at all. Oh boy. Yeah. I, <laughs> we barely touched on it, but the, uh, the old switcheroo with the two shuttles and Darth Vader rips the one apart. I'm like, doesn't he have force sensitivity? Wouldn't he know that Obi-Wan Kenobi isn't on the ship that is blasting off? It's he's on the ship behind it. <laughs> D did I miss it? Was was it clear to the audience that there was a second ship? Because it feels no. like that shot, there's no way there was a second transport behind it. And all of a sudden there is. Well, that's why I think they had to put a CG wall in there because they realized, oh, it makes no sense that there would just be another transport sitting behind it. We'll put a giant wall. And that way, when it blasts off way faster than any other ship in the Star Wars universe, uh, it makes sense that why we didn't, didn't see it there. But nobody thought... It would be okay to have Darth Vader pull a ship but not be able to pull the robot across the fire <laughs> in two episodes ago. Well, he wasn't angry yet, okay? Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Oh, boy. I <laughs> well, the big, the biggest thing that we haven't touched on is the surprise ending. Well, which one, what surprise ending? Luke's, that, that little kid, Luke, I... Luke's My sleeping? guess, I think that that's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Oh my! But this could you imagine? Could you imagine they bring Luke Skywalker? And I know, and I'm thinking, there's not enough time for Luke Skywalker here. What if they do a new show about Luke Skywalker? Is there Wait, gonna so be a, a is the fight gonna be on Tatooine? Is this gonna be? Well, it's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be, and it's gonna explain some weird, super obscure thing like Han Solo's dice keychain or some stupid shit that's like. <clears throat> Oh, you know that the Lars family, there's a there's a, a, a cut on the outside of the building. We're going to explain where that cut came from. It was a battle between Obi-Wan and Reeve. And you're like, why are we focusing on the cut on the outside of their fucking hut? Well, my question is, if they go through with this, and this is on Tatooine, uh, is Tommy Lee Jones going to walk in in a black suit and like erase people's memories at the end of this? <laughs> because if you have a fight on the Skywalker homestead involving fucking Darth Vader... <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, Reva, 
Luke's there, Leia's there, but we don't know where brother and <laughs> I, like how is that going to be? Normally, I hate. I, I sorry, Brett. I I have to no. say, normally I hate nerd shit where it's like, oh, this this is a retcon for the overall story. I normally don't care about that, but if you have this shit take place on Tatooine, <laughs> how does that tie to the first movie at fucking? How does any of that make sense? Joe Joby has I, commented on this a little bit. I don't think it's going to be Vader. I think Vader's dead on the series. I think it's just going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi and Reva. Oh, that would be awesome. That's what we've all been looking for. I can't, I can't imagine how they would make it to where Darth Vader follows Reva to Tatooine. I believe Brett. Joby said that the the lot that a lot of this this adventure that they go on is supposed to explain Leia's message of "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope." Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of explanation beyond that, so it still doesn't make a lot of sense. Or the line "You fought with my father yes, in the Clone in Wars" as opposed to "You saved me from a kidnapping attempt." <laughs> um, when I was ten years old, I feel like I would remember that, even if that happened to me when I was ten. Mm. Well, here's the thing. She knew him as Ben Kenobi, but she knows that there's a Jedi Obi-Wan mm. Kenobi. Maybe that's his brother, okay? Because he makes a reference to his brother. So now she's like, Ben probably has a brother named Obi-Wan, and he fought with my dad. Brett, if they sideline Darth Vader in this finale of this season, I will do a complete 180, and I will recommend this series to everyone I possibly can just so they could be crushingly disappointed at the end. <laughs> There's no way that they're not going to have another Kenobi Vader fight. There's no way. What if we just what if we take the last episode and basically rehash the first 5 episodes but at a faster pace so Reva goes, kidnaps Luke, takes him to Mustafar. Obi-Wan has to go to Mustafar to fight Vader there, grab Luke, bring him back to Tatooine all in one episode. Uh, I don't know if you've got advanced spoilers, but unfortunately, I think that's very plausible based upon the other decisions this show mm. has made. But here's the other part we're going to find out. Hammerbot had a son. <laughs> Chiselbot. And Chiselbot's going to be on Mustafar. All right. That is my favorite uh, character in this series so far. Um, I, I think for me, the only thing that might save the series is we we might have to shoehorn in the Mandalorian to save this one. Just bring in Pedro Pascal. I am I am stunned that they did not find a way to bring Boba Fett into the series somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, Even if just walking in the up? background. Why was that set up in the, the begin the episode one? Mm -hmm. God, what, I, I, what, if, what if that's it? Because wait a second. Wait a second, guys. OK, the Empire Strikes Back establishes that Darth Vader has a relationship with Obi-Wan or with with Boba Fett. Right. Because he says no disintegration in a way like, hey, you've done this to me before. This is going to this is going to be we're going to be where Vader meets Boba Fett for the first time in the finale. And he hires Boba Fett to go get Obi-Wan Kenobi for him or kidnap Luke. Well, Vader oh, doesn't know about Luke they because oh, Reva's right, the one who got the little broken transponder that she wouldn't have given two flying shits about had she seen sitting in the fucking sand, except that we need it as a plot device. Because I know when I've been stabbed through the torso and I'm just, you know, trying to just survive, if I saw some broken piece of technology sitting in the sand, my first thought would be like, I need to crawl over and see what that's all about. That could be the key to my survival. Maybe I'll just plug it into the little hole, you know? Fucking stupid. Fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm so... I, you could... I ha, We still think Qui-Gon's gonna show up, right? Sure. No, at this point, that, I don't think I, so. I'm not thinking, yeah. I don't think Qui... I think... <laughs> I don't know if they couldn't get his budget, if his schedule, if for some reason they couldn't figure a way to write him into the story. I don't know... I just feel like they've referenced him enough times and haven't brought him up in five episodes. It's just so the audience understands, like, yeah, we know that kind of like George Lucas set that whole thing up where like Obi-Wan Kenobi would have his mentor to talk to that whole time. But like, eh, we really didn't think that was a fun direction. So we're just going to kind of write it out. I hope that Liam Neeson shows up in the final episode and then 
we later find out that he was between him and Hayden Christensen. They couldn't afford to write a good script or have good <laughs> effects or anything else. But we got Liam Neeson, what? Hayden Christensen. What if Liam Neeson shows up, but he's not Qui Gon Jinn? Ras Al Ghul. He could, oh, <laughs> he could be Ras. Oh Oscar yeah, Schindler. Love that. Oscar we Schindler. Never, <laughs> we never saw Ras die. That's true. That one's still open. He's actually just the dad from Taken. That's where I thought you were going with it. It was just going to be a phone call. <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> if you do not bring back Leia. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, Leia, uh, do you think, what's the resolution going to be with when Leia just, the, uh, a transport of, uh, of refugees, of refugee, <laughs> uh, just show up on Alderaan with Princess Leia? Do, do we get any more on that, or is that just that's how it's going to well, end? Well, we know it's nothing happens because either they would all die because they don't have any weapons on that planet. Uh, but since Alderaan still exists in Episode 4, then uh, nothing happens, right? I don't know. Who knows? I assume they're going to erect a statue of Tala somewhere in a town square because <laughs> of her noble sacrifice. To boot her franchise. Mm -hmm. well that's when we're gonna have yeah we're gonna have a, a prequel to obi-wan kenobi about tala uh you asked about kind of leia and the, the gap between this and episode <laughs> four they've announced it it's it's leia the college years so we're gonna kind of <laughs> get a feel on what she studied in college how that affected her diplomacy so yeah mm -hmm. not, not electrical engineering she's yeah. got that one covered <laughs> yep Oh my goodness. It's a tough yeah. one to talk about because we kind of predicted everything that would have happened and it kind of happened, but there's not an exciting route for this to take from here. Aside yeah, there from was even a broken hyperdrive in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't I don't oh, know what the, the relay No way. No way. Broken hyperdrive. The next episode is going to start the same way as episode four with the ship, the, the refugee ship flying overhead and then a Star Destroyer coming up and they're going to get it with the tractor beam and get sucked up into a Star Destroyer. Just like the beginning of, of A New Hope. Have we seen Star Destroyers yet? Um, I, have, I don't know. I don't think there's I that much not. time between this and the next episode. There's a lot that... There's a lot of development between, like, for this past eight or ten years. Like, well, building I mean, a fleet of Star Destroyers probably take a while between R&D. I don't know, have you, have the, you seen... The budget, since you can't afford to clothe your stormtroopers in any sort of protective gear. Hmm. Well, you've seen Episode Nine. I mean, that had an entire fleet of Star Destroyers with Death Star lizards on them. So I, I don't think it takes too long to develop that <laughs> I stuff. I guess not. Oh, and Travis, I'm not fucking Star. with you. That is actually what happens. They have a fleet of Star Destroyers with Death Star lasers on them. Because what's more dangerous than one Death Star? A second Death Star. What's more dangerous than a second Death Star? A Death Star planet. What's more dangerous than a Death Star planet? A fleet of Death Star ships. I mean, everybody knows that Custer died at the Battle of Little Bighorn, but what this show suggests is maybe he didn't. <laughs> you know what's more dangerous than all of that, Brett? Yeah? Is a perfectly placed trench that leads to a hole that can destroy all of your Death Stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one thought to cover that up. <clears throat> Not even with some cardboard or something, you know? No. Maybe maybe Joby was in charge of that part. Oh, man. Did you all legitimately want to try to do some predictions for the finale? I can't believe we're saying finale because this feels like this show has done absolutely fucking nothing for five. Well, weeks. there yeah. might be a the, the tough part is there might be a season two. And you're not lying. I literally saw no. that news article today and I'm like, <clears throat> why? How? Why? I mean, because people like us watched it. That's why. <laughs> Yeah. Like it, it is Disney's most watched show still, right? It was the best premiere I, of any of the original shows, but I don't, uh, I don't know if it still is. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get how why it's so difficult. <clears throat> I, I'm sticking to my prediction. I guess Reva didn't die. Uh, 
would have lost oh, no, a lot Re- of money Reavis, on that. But Reavis I think totally alive. She's definitely going to get yeah. killed by Vader in the next episode. I'm, I'm sticking with that one. I'm just wondering, what ship is she going to use to fly out of there? They're not going to explain that because they've, they definitely <laughs> did not establish all the ships are gone. They're not going to put her back on the Star Destroyer. So I don't, I don't know how she's getting off that planet, but she's just going to show up on Tatooine. Yeah, no, no back to tank required or anything. <laughs> she's going to show up on Tatooine in Obi-Wan Kenobi's cave. And it's going to be one of those like, how did you find it this easy? The whole the series started with you couldn't find a Jedi to, to <laughs> fucking save your life. But now you found Obi-Wan Kenobi's secret hermit cave in the middle of the fucking desert somehow. I, I don't know if this is a prediction. This is what I hope would happen. Because I don't know about you guys, but I've been in my head doing like a fan edit like, (coughs) hey, after episode one, this could still be great if they do this, this and this. And then after episode two, that lane gets narrower and narrower. Now, (laughs) I'm hoping maybe Reva tries to kill Luke or something and Obi-Wan kills her. And that's some sort of insight into Obi-Wan's character on why he realizes by time a new hope rolls around that he should just lay down his lightsaber and let himself get killed because he again tried to do the right thing and i i narratively that's where i would hope they would go with the the runway that they have but i i'm not that's pretty interesting i think travis here's the thing i think you're gonna we're gonna go the opposite i think reva's gonna show up reva shows up obi-wan kenobi convinces her to rejoin the light side and because of that he has a renewed faith in himself and that's why he thinks he can teach luke to defeat his father because he he gains his confidence back after he's able to actually like break the spell on reva of the dark side and then she becomes some secret jedi padawan or so she joins the the tunnel or under whatever the fuck they called it to help other lost jedi and then she gets a spinoff show leading the path. <laughs> Absolutely, baby. We got to do them spinoffs. I don't know why I didn't just approach this with the same mindset that I do anytime I get miniseries on Hollywood Chop Shop. Like, just <laughs> do whatever you want and then make a ridiculous cliffhanger. But yeah, oops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. she will lay her dark side lightsaber down. And she'll Obi Wan Kenobi probably grabbed a whole bunch of those lightsabers that he found in that cavern um, in Jedi cloaks because there was an abundance of them. So he'll give her one of those, and she'll get a new lightsaber, and she'll she'll go on as a Jedi. But <laughs> doesn't Obi Wan believe that Luke is the last Jedi for the entire original trilogy? I think he's the last hope. <laughs> okay. I think I think he's the last hope. And then Yoda to says no Vader. there is another implying that there's only one hope, one more hope. <laughs> yeah. Or even better yet, Travis, because now we got to see if we can get Ewan McGregor to come back. She actually he takes Reva on as his padawan and teaches her. I just want to oh, tell you I'm, the, I'm the not series, reviewing that the show. The series ends, we do get our Qui-Gon Jinn, and it's just Qui-Gon Jinn's Force Ghost off in a distance, like, happy that Obi-Wan Kenobi's refound his purpose. He doesn't actually, and it'll be the same thing like Return of the Jedi, where Obi-Wan Kenobi will just kind of look off into the desert and see Qui-Gon Jinn just out there being like, you did it, boyo, you did it. You're back in the game. And Here's it was, my prediction. It was filmed on Liam Neeson's iPhone, and he just submitted it, and they did some, <laughs> some post work. <laughs> Not even that. They just took footage from uh, the Phantom Menace because it was on a green screen. They just took that. And they didn't even have Liam Neeson show up. They just <laughs> repurposed footage from the Phantom Menace. It's funny, but it could absolutely be what happens next week, and I would not be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and- all right, so that's my that's my prediction. Does anybody else want to take a, a wild stab at it? Well, I was going to say, if we want to set up a new, uh, if, we, if we just want to ensure that Ewan McGregor stays on as Obi-Wan Kenobi, what I would do if I were Disney is he has a new child with his new wife. I would just mm-hmm. go ahead and sign him up for the long way round part four. 
because uh, you could really ensure that uh, he's going to be needing some more Obi-Wan money after another three-month road trip. I, I was hoping you would go with a child support joke there, Andrew, and you did not disappoint. Thank you. I was, yeah. just, I was just making sure that he had a new child with his new wife, and he did. So, <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were just, yeah, drive that wedge in between there. Oh. So yeah. your prediction is that Obi-Wan Kenobi goes on a motorcycle trip. <laughs> I don't really have a predict. I, I I do sort of wonder if they're going to try and set it up where there's a rematch on Mustafar. Somehow, I don't think not in this uh, series. I don't think so. Probably not. I, I I just feel like it's setting up to be some sort of disappointing fight. I'm just trying to think of where I'd want it to go. It's just I want some. I want some one-on-one excitement. I, I want I want Obi Wan versus Vader. I want them to be equally matched. Uh, I, I mean, and I want, I want, I want a smart fight. Ha- however, that can happen. I don't want something where Obi Wan is powered, and then at the last second he remembers that he can force blind Vader and push him <laughs> off a cliff or something. I just don't know how they set that up now at this point. I think it's just setting itself up for a season two of Obi Wan. I mean, I think Travis. ultimately where I'd like to see it go is anywhere but that soundstage that they've been shooting most of the series <laughs> on. Like, if you just gave me, oh, my God, this is a practical location. Like, I would take, hey, we're just in the middle of a desert, but I can tell that it's really the desert and we're going to fight. I, I'd i be so happy with that. And you know my worst, and just get a little sidetracked on the, on the soundstage, you know what I hate the most about the soundstage is knowing how well it can be done right because Band of Brothers was shot almost exclusively in a warehouse, and you would never know it watching that miniseries on HBO. No, the, almost the entire thing like, was, was, yeah, they built a German forest, or a lot of the forest, they built a German forest in a warehouse and shot it in. You would never know. You would never know that those scenes were fake, of how well they were done. I've seen it, and I did not know that, so yeah. I didn't yeah. know that either. But yeah, it's just, Disney got all the money in the world, and, and maybe to your point, uh, Andrews, they know people are going to watch it, so you don't actually have to care that much about. I'm a like, suck as a are... director, though. I like. At what point do you have to have that pull where you can say, "Hey, I want to shoot in a real environment. Like, I want to travel to the desert." It's not like you have to go that far. If you're in LA, the desert is not across the world. You can use a desert right there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but deserts are hot. And then you gotta like pull trailers out. And... I could do 20 minutes right now on just the atmosphere of the end of heat you wanted to like of how like just <laughs> to hammer the point of how important that can be if you're trying to make something good but uh i was hoping we would get a heat reference here <clears throat> I'm, tr- I'm really trying to push that chop shop <laughs> uh cloud city is my favorite city in the entire star wars universe it might just be because i love empire so much but i don't understand why they don't keep using environments like that even in episode two that city that they do it reminds me, I don't know if you guys have ever played Dark Forces, but Nar Shaddaa, that city, that's what it reminds me of. And I loved that, like those parts of the game going around those places. They're perfect for these kind of shows. Mm-hmm. But. And I feel like you can just borrow other set movie sets, because again, that was just Blade Runner. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm sure there's still pieces of the Blade Runner 2049 set around that you can borrow. From Well, I mean, as you guys know, because you just did Face Off, the... Uh, the shoes that they use in the jail to keep them on the ground are from the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yes. I hope was uh, that brought up. I haven't listened to it. It was not. It actually somehow we did not manage to bring that up. But yes, it was the same. That's the same so boots. Weird. Bonkers. <laughs> Such a bonkers, bonkers movie. Uh, I mean, that's that's really all I have to say about this episode. I from beginning to end, there's when obi-wan decides to go off he has to do the transmitter by himself and he's literally around the corner from everybody else like the next shot is seven people walking next to him and you're just like i thought you needed privacy for this or <laughs> he gives his his lightsaber there's other ways to fight other than with a lightsaber it's like but you didn't you didn't actually do that you just oh that was the worst Reva. why why did they do that it just seems like just ex- going to. Is it just an excuse for we we can't afford to pay out somebody to be you and stunt double to do a, a good lightsaber battle? My favorite part about that scene, Andrew, is what it implies is rather than him fight Darth Vader, he's going to. It's basically going and employing someone who you know is gullible or delusional, and then 
forcing them to do your bidding for you because he knows yes. Riva is is blinded by rage. So he's basically like, I don't want to fucking fight Vader, so I'm gonna go take advantage of the fact that you've got all of this baggage, and I'm just gonna basically manipulate you into doing it for me, knowing full well you are going to die. Like there is no shot you're beating him. Well, I guess the other thing, right? That's the the parallel is supposed to be. Um... Anakin learns that from Obi-Wan, and now as Vader, he's using it against Reva, right? Like, he gives her the lightsaber back to prove he can do this without needing a lightsaber. I don't care, though. Like, why, why is that in here? <sighs> is it, He's using a lesson that we just learned that he learned in this episode? That's not... This is a six-episode-long series going back to episode one. Maybe we referenced something a little further back. But they didn't set that up. You forgot to pay that off, didn't you? I forgot to pay that off. <laughs> it almost feels like each episode was very hastily written by a different person. They're just I like, mean, this is the same. you have 10 minutes jo to... It was Joby on a different drug. Joby did the, the first. The first one was just some <laughs> weed. The second one he did was... <laughs> by the end of it, he's just doing heroin and trying to write an episode. I mean, this is the same franchise that had different people write and direct their fucking billion dollar trilogy. So it really, I guess, should be of no surprise that they would take this little care with Obi-Wan Kenobi because look at what they did with the sequel trilogy. Like, hey, we like what you did, Ryan Johnson, but J.J. doesn't, <laughs> so we're just going to throw everything you just did in the movie that cost... God knows what the budget was on The Last Jedi, and they're like, eh, just wad all that up and just shoot it in the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just wondering. Maybe that's it. We need to see a Ray clone or Palpatine clone that's going to be Ray's dad. Like he's got to be popping up pretty soon, right? Oh, that's so that true. he's of the age to have have Ray at the end of the the trilogy. So we we should definitely be seeing some Palpatine clones <laughs> soon, somewhere in a jar. <clears throat> Which was the uh, best part of that story? Yeah. Make sure you guys are keeping up to date on Fortnite because that'll be where the news breaks. <laughs> if they're going to bring Palpatine back. <laughs> Fuck this franchise. I mean, seriously. Yeah, Brad, I'm not doing any more of these uh, Chop Shop Star Warses. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's we're going to need to do a couple good ones before we even contemplate doing like this heat? again. <sighs> the Heat? Heat miniseries. Listen, here, here's what I'll say. Brett, I, you're you're the boss of the Hollywood Chop Shop, and obviously Andrew, you know you have a life and a schedule. If you sure. all want to yeah. swap out one of the LA movies for Heat, so that we can go ahead and review something good together, I'm completely down. No pressure to anybody, though. All I could think about was because I, I just went back and watched the director's commentary of Heat, and a big part of that movie is that Pacino is a hunter. That 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 is his main thing. That is what drives him. That's what that's why he wakes up. It's why a guy like that has three divorces. Um, this this show is kind of a. I felt like that is sort of the main part of this, right? Is that Riva is a hunter. She's supposed to be hunting mm -hmm. Obi. She's supposed to be hunting Leia, right? Or she's supposed to be hunting. Well, Obi, technically, Obi she's hunting Darth she's Vader. Hunting Darth Le Leia is the bait. Yeah. She's hunting Darth Vader. <laughs> It goes even though she's like, been with is... this, it, he, she's been with him in the same room in this series. I'm like, if also, your plan is just I... to sneak attack him, you could have already tried it by now. Uh, Travis, her motivation is to kill Vader because he murdered her entire family and all of the Jedi. What atrocities has she performed to become a, an, uh, a Sith Inquisitor? She How has, many people has she killed? She has maybe killed one person, and that's the pilot, but we don't see her kill that pilot. That pilot could have already been dead, or someone else could have done it. Or Hammerbot, it, he could have, you know, made a pass into Hammerbot, and Hammerbot She might have just him. scared him. Maybe he had a faint heart, you know? She's like, excuse me. He's like, oh, fuck! Her character has not earned the type of entrance music she gets for every single scene that she walks into yeah she literally tells obi-wan like you don't know what i've had to do on my own i'm like neither does the audience i feel bad because it's kind of like it's worse than kumel because i feel like she's a she's a great actress like she could do that role if it was written well for her but it's just not yeah no i agree i mean i've seen the queen's gambit she is very very good in that show Seriously, you could have a five-minute thing like in the beginning of Up of her wiping out a city or something like that, and we would then have a lot of respect for her. Although Vader was also very disappointing in that he had an... I thought he had an excellent entrance into the show, 
And then a very questionable ending of that episode where he lets Obi-Wan go. But when they introduce him <laughs> and he knocks down that dad, Arturo Santana, and then chokes out Travis Santana. <laughs> For no reason. He doesn't even question the village. He's not no. even like, "Is has anyone seen a Jedi? He's just like, mm, you're dead. You're dead. I'm done with this place. Yeah. Yeah, when Vader had the two lightsabers, I thought for sure they were going to call back to Dooku getting his head cut off with the scissor motion. Oh. Mm -hmm. But no, no. Why even say that? Oh, that would have been so good. Well, even at that point, oh. Vader has shown no hesitation to just murder people in the entire Star Wars franchise. But he's just he kind of like stabs her. And I'm like, are you trying to manipulate her again? Like, what is your motivation with Reva? I don't understand what's going on here either youngling you think i wouldn't notice I'm like what well i mean they were all kind of younglings asshole well, why not kill reva earlier it, it, you could have found anybody to find obi-wan it wasn't that difficult <laughs> i mean yeah, really, i don't know if i day. remember correctly but in the original trilogy like wasn't vader killing people if they had like typos in their company emails like he would just <laughs> basically be like, yeah, yeah you fucked yeah. up you're done and now he's like eh. yeah you have failed the worst, for five episodes, and I'm just going to keep you alive. Yeah. The worst thing you could do in the Imperial Army was get promoted, because that meant you were that much closer to Darth Vader strangling you. <laughs> like, what do you? What do you? I don't. No, I don't. I don't want to be promoted. I'm just. I'm fine where I'm at. You like, want to be the guy that waves ships in into the into the bay. <laughs> Very Actually, could I get a demotion? I just. I think I have too much responsibility right now. Yeah, I'd be looking to go part-time. <laughs> <laughs> Just Empire Reserve. Yeah. Part-time Imperial <laughs> Officer right here. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was a rough some one. early retirement. Uh, yeah. So, all right, I don't have much else to say about this episode. Um, all of the stuff that drove me nuts were... I, I, I believe we're, we're taken care of here, so... Yeah, it's tough to comment on it when the story hasn't really gone anywhere. Tough to make a prediction on where it's going to go, too, because it's just not... It's not that... I'm not that interested in even making a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just need to think of the most generic possible situation and throw that out there, and you'd probably be pretty close. Still telling you, maybe... It's all a dream, right? I did hear. That, I did. Li I do like that theory. <clears throat> uh, the last episode, they really put a lot of care into making sure they could build a Lego set out of it. So, <laughs> oh, you bet your ass that's that ship that they they the refugees that that's that's gonna be a set, a hundred percent, and it's gonna come with Ice Cube's son. Uh, we don't need to do Tala because we, she already, she's already in that weird fire set. Um. Yeah, we're definitely going to get the ship, the the refugee ship. Oh, if not, we'll definitely get a new speeder set out of it. I don't know if we talked about this. Did what did you guys think of them having Luke at the end? Was there a purpose to that? Well, just to imply that it's going back to Tatooine. Oh, okay. now Luke is in danger. Yeah, Luke and might Obi One's not there. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what is? What if they they set that up? That's not that's it's a clone Luke oh, in a New Hope, and we had Luke? no idea. Yes. yes. Oh. You kidding me? There's Luke's all around the system. <laughs> that Tatooine Luke D? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that means there's a Tatooine Luke A, B, and C oh, somewhere sure out is. there. There sure is. <laughs> one of them's with the sand people. Yep. Mustafar Luke. That's <laughs> you the one you never guess. <laughs> they, hit, they hit a Luke clone under Darth Vader's nose the whole time. Mm. He had no idea. <laughs> Not force sensitive yet. Okay. That, no, has, that right. hasn't developed. Oh, he's like a mutant. It doesn't happen until puberty. Uh, my my only my first thought of that was they're they're like, oh, we're going with a uh, a Luke spinoff now somehow. But Luke yeah. as a kid. Well, here's the thing. You thought this was going to be about Luke, about Leia, but it's actually about Luke. Oh. See, they did the the double the double switcheroo there, double negative. Maybe we see him shooting it's womp not, rats like not they always about talked about. Luke. <laughs> yeah. Well, after he got that model that he's playing around with, you know. Fucking dumb. Great. Can't wait for next week. Um, unfortunately, it's I don't think I don't think we're going to be doing next week during like game seven of a finals. So that'll. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think next week is supposed to be a long episode. Stanley Cup next week, maybe? Uh, spoilers, Andrew. The, the Warriors are NBA champions. There we go. 103 to 90. <clears throat> All right. Well, until next week. I'm just getting thumbs up. Nobody even wants to say goodbye. Yeah, may, the force. may the force. I was going to give a dramatic speech about my motivations and how I approach life, but if I do, I'll just get <laughs> killed as soon as we <laughs> stop recording. Why the fuck did Tala say that? May the force be with you. Would she have even been around people that said that fucking slogan? Is that a thing? The Jedi are dead. What, fan service? Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars? Yeah. Bye.